A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This episode is sponsored by R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice, a welcome addition to anyone's sleep routine. Pace Case, if you know me, and you do, mm-hmm. you know that I'm yep. working all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Mm-hmm. So the sleep that I do get has to be very good sleep. And I'm always looking for ways to up my sleep routine. Sometimes I'll read a book to go to sleep. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. Oh, The Bachelor? Uh, that book keeps me very awake. It's very engaging. That never puts me to sleep. Mm. I will mm. sometimes just put down my cell phone after a long day of looking at a screen. It's nice to get some time away from the screen. I also will incorporate some R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice. It truly makes you go to sleep a little easier. It's the thing you need to help you drift off into the dreamland. Mm. As more and more people are looking to prioritize sleep, organic Just Tart Cherry is having a moment thanks to Tart Cherry's potential sleep-related benefits and potential to aid in muscle recovery when you get those gains like clues. We're seeing this in the viral sleepy girl mocktail trend on social media. R.W. Knutson has a whole lineup of natural juices with zero added sugar, so you can feel good about adding them to your wellness routine. It's all about celebrating those daily wins. Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice is made from tart cherries, which may help you get a better night's sleep because they have natural melatonin. R.W. Knutson crushes only 100% real ingredients, so you can crush everything you do. Pick up a bottle at your local grocery store today. Clues. Underwear drawers, they're not organized. They're like the the Wild West, the final frontier of wardrobes. Mm. And there's no rhyme or reason to them. You got ones that are super old, uh, different brands, etc. You don't know what to expect. But now I have felt the buttery soft comfort of me undies. And now I want to replace the whole drawer with me undies because those are my now go-to. I'm currently wearing their long sleeve shirt and (laughs) my, um, (laughs) which is not what this uh, ad is about, but I am also wearing the super soft sustainable modal fabric thong with no roll black, waistband you want that you don't want it to be rolling you don't want it to be showing and i'm hooked i don't want to wear anything else it's all got to go now well this ad actually is kind of about that pace case everybody knows me undies <laughs> makes great underwear it's in the name me undies but it's not just about underwear you can explore the lounge collection featuring comfy joggers hoodies onesies and a whole bunch more and their move me activewear collection is the softest activewear on the market there's no doubt about it Right now, you can get 20% off your first order plus free shipping at MeUndies.com slash roses. That's MeUndies.com slash roses for 20% off plus free shipping. MeUndies, comfort 
from the outside in. I was talking to someone in real life this week. I can't remember exactly who it was, but their main problem with the mental all was they were like, that was so mean of them to put his bad pizza reviews on the screen. It was, though. It was mean, but they it was a big ad. Ultimately. But if you're just at home watching, I think for the most part, no one realizes like, oh, that guy, the lawyer that came out with the subpoena was a fucking actor. All of this is written. The pizza's coming out in the end is written. The things mm-hmm. on the screen are written. I think most people don't realize that. And in that moment, those things get flashed up on the screen. It's like the show is basically saying his pizza's shitty. Yeah. If they don't buy it back in the end by letting him deliver his pizzas to everybody in the audience. So you think it's because they, they have to buy it back at the end. You have to have that nice moment where they're like... The pizza's actually good. I think they had to buy it back in the end to get Pizzapreneur to go along with all this shit. When they're oh, like, the we're going to have thing. a fucking actor come out and pretend to be your lawyer and serve Will Urena with a fucking subpoena. <laughs> he has to know that's happening and like play along with it pro wrestling style. Or he would be like, who the fuck is this guy? I don't know. He's not my lawyer. You know, I want to know what the subpoena person made versus the girl who had to make out with Catman. I bet it's the same. It's the same? I bet it's the lowest day rate that you can get, whatever that category is, you know? I bet it's like mm-hmm. 250 bucks. I don't think it was that mean because ultimately the whole thing was an ad for the pizza. I bet he'll get a bunch of business from this. Totally. I'm sure it worked in his favor like gangbusters. If we were near the pizzapreneur's spot, I would go get a slice. If he had vegan pizza, I would too. Okay, are we going to start the show now? We've been sitting here talking about the yeah. fucking pizzapreneur yeah. for like 20 minutes. <laughs> yes, I know. Even longer than that, because I've been talking about it all week. As of high, it's stuck in my fucking head. And now we're giving him an ad for his pizza again. I love Pete's, Peter's pizza. I love a drizzle. He's just getting more ads for his fucking pizza. Congratulations, pizzapreneur. Okay, let's begin the show now. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. You know, you only ever hail Mary when you're losing and you're trying to squeeze in the win. But the question is, like, could it change her mind, you know, especially before she makes a life changing decision like this? Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues, and we have just concluded watching the second round of playoffs of Bachelor at Season 18. That, of course, is the Fantasy Suites. This is the round in which you must decide to enter a room with the lead all alone. No cameras, no mics. You can engage in chemistry play. You cannot engage in chemistry play. But the main purpose of this, as stated by the show itself at the very least, is that you get to have those tough conversations that we don't allow Uh in the normal part of the game. (laughs) Which is fucking crazy. They're like, this is really a great way to get to know someone. They say that over and over again. And it's like, yeah, yeah, it is great to get to know someone when you're not on camera very helpful (laughs) could you fucking imagine going on a couple of dates with somebody like you you hang out on a group date you maybe get a one-on-one maybe you even get two group dates by the time you're in a fantasy suites maybe you get two one-on-ones i thought you were asking me about my real life i was like wait what (laughs) (laughs) i'm I'm in the game i was like like you mean like a friend hang like a group date (laughs) no you get x amount of hours with Uh, this person on the show not once have you asked 
What do you think of UFOs and aliens? Not once. You have to wait till fantasy suites for that. No way. It's not possible. How early on your dates do you talk about UFOs? Is it like a start of conversation deal breaker? I would do it immediately on The Bachelor. Night one, (laughs) my inauguration speech. Ding, ding, ding. Thank you all for being here. I am going to try to summon a UFO over the course of this season. And if you do not help me... You would use your inauguration speech to talk about summoning a UFO. Yes, of course. That is a great experimental strategy. If any crowns out there want to try that, (laughs) we've seen a prayer. We've seen a Christian prayer. Now we can see a UFO prayer. Prayer to the aliens. But tonight we saw these fantasy suites... (laughs) This was what their purpose was or it wasn't, whatever. We'll get to what they imply. Sometimes they imply consummation occurred. Sometimes they imply it didn't. Both Mm -hmm. were present in tonight's game. But the Fantasy Suites really is, at least in Bachelor, it's where statistically you're the most likely to become the Bachelorette out of it. In Bachelor, the third place finisher has the highest statistical probability of wearing the next crown or wearing any future crown, I should say. Mm -hmm. And I have to imagine something similar is true here. God, we need these stats on Bachelorette. I know. We have to do another hyper binge. I think Mm -hmm. we will do it eventually. But yeah, it's a really good spot to go out on because there's the added vulnerability that you have supposedly implicated, implied that you have gone through this episode. And so that sets up a great heartbreak at it. Nick Vial, we all remember that. How could you make love to me if you weren't in love with me? You're like 10 degrees of Kevin Bacon, but just to Nick Vial, like you can really <laughs> anything to him. <laughs> I mean, pretty much. Shit. Can't we all? We all remember what about Nick Vial and his fantasy suites? The Vial Vial? That was a very famous play of his on the um, after the final rose with Andy Dorfman where he victimized himself by saying how could you make love to me if you weren't in love with me it was an inadvertent slut shame it was definitely of a different era nonetheless that line rings through time it is so iconic and it paints this picture of if you can make it to fantasy suites you then have that added weight to your victimization that you've raised a love level to at least love level three in the modern game. And as we saw tonight, some people went all the way to four with it. And or I guess, fuck, they all did eventually. Even Michelle for all of them. <laughs> Even Nate. She, I mean, she only loaded it, but. God damn. That, yeah, this is like the, a lot of love level fouring. But anyway, that's basically what the fantasy suites are. And so tonight we saw a historic fantasy suite. First fantasy suites, all players of color. First fantasy suites where all of the guys are staying together in one suite. I don't think they're staying together in a suite. They know they had it like a common room. I think it was the same in, in bachelorette um, 16 and 17 as well. Right. The same suite. They have one common area and all of their rooms off of it. Yeah, right. Exactly. So we get these forced guy chats where they all have to talk together. And the first time we really saw that was bachelor 24 with, of course, Hannah Sluss, Madison Pruitt, and Victoria Fuller, where in some cases they had them lying in the same bed next to each other to have conversations about <laughs> what was going for it. That season was fucking bananas. Okay, let's get into this. So, Fantasy Suites, Bachelor Season 18, Episode 9. Here we go. And now, Pace Case and Bachelor Clues proudly present analysis of play in this week of our beloved game. This is Game of Roses. 
We go into the intro. We see some zip lining, some kissing, some overnight dates. Nate's on a boat. Joe's love level three. Brandon's love level fouring. Nate is jealous. Joe says the phrase bros to foes. We see some horses. <laughs> Brandon needs to talk to her at the rose ceremony. And it looks like he's going to self-eliminate maybe from the footage they're showing us. And then we hear about there's the difference between falling in love and getting engaged. This is essentially the exact same promo, almost shot for shot, that we saw at the end of last week's episode. No new information. Do you think, maybe this is getting ahead of ourselves, but do you think that Joe made the phrase bros to foes? No, that was a producer line. For sure was. Okay. It was excellent. Give that producer a tip. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. I was just thinking bros to foes every time we saw that hotel room. I was like, back at the foes. I don't think, I mean, Joe hasn't had a proclivity for anything like that the entire season. No colorful narration. Yeah, I can't imagine he was just like, let me slip in this one line. They were probably trying to juice him up to be like, oh, come on, say bros before foes and we'll, we'll cut that into the show. It'll make you seem like more fun, basically. Like we're trying to get you out of the QuiCon zone. That's what it felt like. But portion one begins. We see shots of Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, where Fantasy Suites take place this year. We see a parrot. Gorgeous parrot. Gorgeous parrot. A lot of creatures in tonight's episode as well. And we'll get to a bunch of those, obviously. Michelle's on a boat as she does some I love Clevelanding in her ITMs about how amazing Mexico is and how good she feels to be there to, in quotes, finish falling in love. This is where (laughs) you finish that process. She means three to four. Yeah, of course. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. All of these little codes that they have in the game are just talking about the sport of it. Finish falling in love means level four. Get to the end of that race. And that's exactly what fucking happens. What does finish falling in love mean? I don't think we've ever had so much differentiation between love level three and four by the show as we did in this episode, actually. No. Katz, do you remember on... Katie Thurston's season of Bachelorette. Wait, Nick Vial wasn't in that one. He was in Spirit, of course. <laughs> All seasons that come after the Vial the Great. Wait, actually, he was in that one. Yeah, he was. <laughs> <laughs> he was in it. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, he was in it. <laughs> he was the therapist, remember? <laughs> yeah, I, of course, the circle date. But Hunter Montgomery was in that season. He famously at the Mental All differentiated between Love Level 3 and 4 publicly in the document mm-hmm. that is aired on television. I believe now that door is open. It's a part of the game that is openly expressed by leads and top level players alike. And that is what we saw mm-hmm. tonight. They all know the difference. The Hunter Doctrine. It was, I mean, really what it was was him laying out like, a strategy that we all know. Everybody who watches the game knows about the fucking love levels. We all know about it. (laughs) We're all listening to Game of Roses. Even if you're not, you understand in the early season when somebody's like, I really like you, or oh, you're making me feel crazy things. Okay, it's starting, and then it's like, I'm starting to fall in love with you. Yeah. Oh, shit, exactly. Everybody knows about it. We gave it, I think, the proper analysis and names. It is four levels. I think that's correct. I know some people only view it as three mm-hmm. or some people just view it as one. I think there are four distinct ones. Or there was that one Popeye love level five. Yeah, there was one Popeye level five. I love you in a way that transcends time and space or whatever. But this idea of finish falling in love is like, what else is she talking about except the end of the game of that portion of it? Your love levels have to be raised by four here. That's what she's saying in the first sentence she fucking speaks in tonight's episode is someone's going to win the race. Yeah. 
And then there was a second sentence. And we see Michelle walking on the beach with the goat herself, Caitlin Bristow. The waves are so loud behind them. I remember it was in the promo, this conversation. And I was like, they surely won't have that in the show. And then they did. The... I. I don't know if it's because they're like shooting outside the mansion or whatever. No, because they would go international travel in, in other seasons too. The sound in this season is just unforgivable. Whoever's doing this to us, please stop it. If you're working on any next seasons that haven't already been shot and produced, just find quiet places for them to talk. At least ones that are not by fucking IndyCar racetracks and shit. I like it. I think it's an experimental strategy by the sound design to start uh, memes about the sound right we have to fill in what they're saying because we can't actually fucking mm-hmm. hear it it was terrible and there were a bunch of other scenes like that as well tonight bristow makes michelle young recount all her guys michelle says brandon he's the one who's worn his heart on his sleeve and bristow checks in on each love level of all of them he's love level three any concerns no okay move on to joe we have a lot in common bristow he's more reserved he's the QuiCon guy michelle he's love level three looking for continuing to progress in fantasy suites. And then Michelle says, Nate, he's the one that caught my eye right away. Good looking, but so much depth. He grew up in a family where they didn't love level four, and I want the sacred words. Can he love level four? Could I love level four? And he doesn't love level four. KB, break your heart? I don't, when they're talking about breaking hearts and shit, I see this little segment like this in my head. They, they put like the ponder shot of like, who was the first one she talked about in this, Brandon? And they showed a ponder shot of him like looking out off of his fucking balcony. All I'm seeing in my head is as she's saying these things and we see his face, I see his name coming up on the bottom, his Instagram follower count right under his fucking name, what love level he hit and what week of the season he hit it. And then just bullet points of the things she's saying, you know? His stats break down. Yeah, Best friend. Yeah. Already met parents. Shit like that. Like, that's all I need to see. Yeah. Early MOCF. <laughs> and we're so close to it. Like, it's it's almost there, you know? We're one step away from it. If they would just give in. It's a fucking sport. <sighs> Continuing portion one, Caitlin says, pay attention to those fears you have with Nate. Ooh, setting up a little drama. I wish I did that a little bit more. Don't be the horrible regret person that I am and we see the bros they're all in a suite quiet together Joe says it's weird being in a room we're not really friends we're bros to foes very awkward this iconic line by an absolute bawling legend Joe Coleman and then Tasia comes in and tells the guys that guess what Michelle really does see her husband in one of you three very reassuring. Uh, one of them, I mean, doesn't that imply <laughs> that she already knows who her husband is and it's just like... You have a 33% chance. Yeah. <laughs> but she tells him that this is the most important week of the journey because it can change everything. And she explains that they are each going to get a romantic, intimate date with Michelle. And in quotes, if you're lucky enough for her to offer you the fantasy suite card, which I believe happens virtually every time, literally in the history of the game. Mm-mm. Yeah. That should show up on the screen, <laughs> that stat as well. Exactly. How many people have refused it? Rejected fantasy suite date cards. Zero percent. One. I think there was someone who was like a mom. Mm. Yeah, shit. I think you're right. Do you remember that? I don't remember exactly. But Tasha says you're going to have an opportunity <laughs> with to spend the night with her. And uh, 
she tells him that there's this indescribable feeling you get when you get to have a regular conversation with someone without cameras on you. <laughs> and it's just like her whole life, all of the relationships she's been in for the past three, four years of her life have been on camera, have been in service of this mm-hmm. show. And you just hear it creeping through her voice in that moment where it's like, that's when you finally get to have a fucking real conversation with someone. Everything else is fake. Yeah. Taisha also tells them, if you're still guarding yourself, protecting yourself, having walls up with emotions, let it go. Say whatever you need to say because you could be leaving. It could be the key piece between a tearful goodbye and starting a lifetime of happiness with Michelle. Nate says he prefers to go first, but Brandon gets that first date card. Brandon lets ride off into the sunset. And Brandon ITMs, she wanted me to go first. L-O-L. I have the same note. He just doesn't understand the game. <laughs> She has no decision-making power in this process whatsoever. The producers have chosen this order for a very specific reason. We don't know exactly what it is. They do. This is not her choice at all. She literally has no control over it. I did find this interesting, though, that the idea of order gets brought up here. This is open gameplay speech Mm -hmm. by both of these high-level players. Nate saying, I want to go first. He knows there's power in that. And later, we're going to see how he reverses that exact commentary (laughs) to fit what has happened to him. This is adaptive play, the likes of which no other player in this season is capable of producing, in my opinion. This is the charm in it. This is why he's such a dominant player. I don't want to... I'm getting ahead of myself. I think everyone knows what I'm Mm -hmm. talking about. But here, he literally says, I want to go first. Brandon is ITMing. Going first here is huge. I actually tend to agree. I think it's circumstantial. I think there are different possibilities that would make going first or second or third better. But generally speaking, I think first is better. Oh, I think you absolutely want to go first. Because psychologically... They've never done it before. It's going to be this very special experience. You're getting this like intimate time with them off camera. It's obviously going to like strengthen feelings that you have. And then they're going to be comparing to that one that was novel. And then you can cancel out people who go after you if you're if you're good enough. Yes, I totally agree. They're like, oh, I'm not even going to give this a chance. And you you have a wide array of other plays still open to you, which we've never seen done. IFI. You, we have seen a knock-knock, actually, after Fantasy Suites. Kayla Quinn did it. Didn't end so well. That was producer-manufactured, of course, but <laughs> you could do a knock-knock if you wanted. Didn't end so well for her. It didn't, but it could, you know. Oh, absolutely. You should knock-knock. You could do other play, I'm saying. Mm-hmm. When you still haven't done your Fantasy Suite, you kind of got to mind your P's and Q's and do whatever the producers say so that you get that playtime. But after it, you can kind of do whatever the fuck you want. And that could be a good time for experimental play. Like fuck with the other players, as we will see one player do. (laughs) Exactly. So that ends portion one. And then portion two begins with the first fantasy suite. It's Brandon. It's during the day. And Brandon is walking down this jungle path. Michelle is waiting for him. She does not run to him. He kind of walks to her, maybe a little fast walk. This is what we call a botched hooju. There is no approach because Michelle does not go to him. He comes to her. We don't get footage of the mount. So who knows what it actually was? And the cling is very bad. She does achieve ankle lock, but it's behind his knees almost super low down on his body. Her thighs haven't even cleared his hips. So she's caught in this awkward body grip instead of like a high cling. 
she's kind of down a little bit and her head is at the same level as his head. So instead of being elevated so she can rain down kisses on him, she's kind of forced to support all of her body weight on her arms against his shoulders. Messy to say the least. You hate to see that. I, I did hate to see it because this is a huge opportunity blown. And, uh, you know, Brandon says that he missed her before telling her this is his first time leaving the country as she's kind of coming down and they're holding hands. This was just not a good huju. And she does it again and again. I don't know if it's because... <laughs> no, because she huju the other guys. She just doesn't run to them in these circumstances. And it takes away yeah. the momentum of the approach. And all these hujus were bad. Yeah, they're running to her, all of them. It's a hard, hard move to pull off in that circumstance. But we see a bunch of creatures, a pelican, an iguana, a lizard, and two horses. And these horses are going to be an integral part of the date. Tomate and Panini. Both of these horses are beautiful, but one of them stands out above the other while Tomate is going off, running away from the camera, and Brendan has to tell it to chill. Panini struts their stuff, showcasing Michelle Young to be the beautiful queen that she is. And for this reason, the more trained horse Panini was my... <laughs> Creature of the week. Hmm. Funny you should say that. I mean, there's no doubt both of these equine beauties were strutting their stuff. But it's Tomate who gets my... <laughs> creature of the week. Tomate did something very experimental here. This is a huge moment. It's the first fantasy suite. And Tomate says, why don't you put the player on my back? I'll be happy to carry him around. And then promptly turns around and runs the fuck off into the jungle beyond where they are. Beautiful play. Losing their screen time. Losing it. They got that screen time. We now have to watch this comedy bit that Tomate has engineered to make us laugh at Brandon's inability to control a horse. Beautifully <laughs> done by Tomate. Panini didn't get its own package. Tomate did. Congratulations, Tomate. Long may you live. Another 10 or 20 years, probably. Panini, Tomate, Young, and Brandon ride through the jungle. And Michelle compares their day one of him rolling up on a bed in Jordan's to now, where a beautiful hummingbird does not get my creature of the week. Brandon says, I'm actually having a blast. He's showing enthusiasm at everything, even though he's out of his comfort zone. They ride down the beach. They make out at a picnic. Michelle says their families are very similar. They're both chill with hot tub stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they are pretty chill with hot tub stuff. And this is our, our classic animal husbandry horses, beach picnic, hot tub, fireworks date, as we see uh, a little bit later. Brandon says in response to this that Michelle saw all of him, that his family has an open spot for her. And he says something here. He says, am I good enough? And I feel like this was a mini error on Brandon's part to express any amount of doubt that he could be Michelle's equal. 
not only was it a bad play, once you get to the final three, really once you get to the final four, really once you enter the game, you never ever <laughs> express weakness or that you are insecure about this process unless you can turn it around immediately and find security in the player. You can do it on like a mid-season one-on-one, maybe a group date after party. Once you're in fantasy mm-hmm. suites, you're you're about to try and spend the night with her. You can't walk into that being like, am I good enough? No, this was a bad play. And also, I think it's concocted by producers. We've not heard him say anything like this the entire season, that he's potentially unlovable, not good enough, whatever. Hmm. This is out of nowhere. The producers are trying to make like stories with these characters. They're trying to Ben Higgins him. Yes. And it's just not working. It's not believable. It's out of nowhere and a bad play. He should not have done it. You shouldn't have agreed. Whatever they promised you, Brandon, <laughs> you shouldn't have agreed to it. He loads love level four and they make out as waves wash over them awkwardly on the beach. And he ITMs, am I enough or not? Hitting that one more time. And then portion three begins. We're... In the night, back at the hotel, Joe and Nate are forced to discuss Brandon and Michelle possibly having sex, and Nate ITMs. He's not trying to worry about other people's relationships. He's betting on his genuine relationship with her, and Joe says that he's trying to stay distracted. So we're going to get these in all of these fantasy suites, and this happens every season. You always get these little cutbacks to the two people who are not on the fantasy suite being forced to talk about what they think is happening on the fantasy suite. And (laughs) as seasons progress, like here, they barely say anything. And you really start getting that the mornings after when the guys return to the group. These guys don't say shit. Yeah. There's nothing. No. Goddamn. No. We start the night portion of Brandon's fantasy suite with an ITM by Brandon. Can't wait to rip out my heart, throw it on the table, do what you want. It only beats for you. Not leaving anything on the off the table. Tonight, I'm going to tell Michelle Ann Young I'm in love with her. You're missing one very important word in that. He says he can't wait to literally rip out his heart and throw it on the table for her. Ah. Uh, so that didn't happen, obviously. No, no, it did not. I love this this loading of love level four. He's going to do it tonight. It's very um, evocative, this imagery. My heart only beats for you. Saying the middle name too, like proving I'm so 4TRR. I, I even know what her middle name is. He loves all of her, including that middle name that no one else knows. Then we go to the dinner. They speak in platitudes for a moment and he tells her he feels very lucky with her and his heart is growing with her doesn't want to be with anyone else. We get a little kiss. She tells him that everyone is talking about the big thing at the end, meaning the end of the game, engagement, a lifelong promise. And it it starts out in the beginning of this, that it's off in the distance, but now it's tangible. And she asks him if it's realistic for him to get to that point. He says it was basically love at first sight. When they were getting ice cream, that's when he knew. And he love level fours her. And he wants her to know how he feels. He's truly in love with her. He says he's so sick of keeping it in. And he's always going to put her first until he takes his last breath, which will be after he literally tears his heart out. Drama. And she is a big part of his world now. And even though they're not at the end, he's not going to leave without telling her he's in love with her. Michelle says her heart is beating so fast. She re-hits her LL3 to him and says, you know, <laughs> I don't take these words lightly and it doesn't come easy. She sees a future with him and she feels very safe with him. They kiss And then she ITMs that he's soulmate material, but there's also this burning passion in chemistry. She produces the card and key. Brandon accepts and Brandon ITMs that when he's with Michelle, literally, he says again, the world melts away. Not true. They walk into the fantasy suite (laughs) and then it's, it's like a nice hotel suite style room. 
And uh, probably the same resort, I would guess, where Nate and Joe are a few doors down. They go into a hot tub. We get some kissing. They get some fireworks. Nate and Joe are, of course, then forced out of the common room to go look at these fireworks. And this starts to now brew the idea that, oh, they're jealous. We get some ITMs from uh, Nate about how this the fireworks are like a reality check. Oh, shit. She's with some other guy. And I found this weird that they ended this portion not on Brandon and Michelle. They ended it here with Nate ITMing and you know, saying that this is making him feel some type of way. Usually, and what we get in the mm-hmm. other two fantasy suites even tonight, usually it ends with a door closing or a light being turned off. That's the final image you see of someone's night portion of a fantasy suite, implying that they went in there and are doing whatever they're doing with the lights off or whatever they're doing with the door closed. That did not happen here. This portion ends with Nate. He is not on the fantasy mm-hmm. suite date. It's about his feelings. That's the narrative being set up here. Yeah. Like they're telling... Brandon's story within Nate's story. It's Nate's reaction to it is like what is most important. Mm-hmm. I just found that interesting. Yeah, I found it interesting. They brought the fireworks to the fantasy suite date. I know it's probably not the first time we've seen that, but it's rare. It's definitely it feels so overt. Like, let's get this shot of them upset. Portion number four begins with a white bird. It is the morning after we see kisses in bed between Brandon and Michelle. Michelle says there's always more to learn. That's very teachery. I know. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Brandon ITMs, he felt the happiest he's ever been in his life. He brings Michelle breakfast and feeds her an empanada that she clearly does not want. And then she smashes a sandwich in his face. And they begin a food fight. With grotesque foods to fight with. This is not like... Ice cream can kind of be cute. This is like rubbing meat empanadas on each other's faces and just a fucking open face like turkey sandwich or something she was rubbing in his face. You gotta choose the food for your food play. Yeah. Like ice cream is great for food play. Yeah. An empanada is not. (laughs) Ice cream, a giant box of cinnamon and sugar that you can roll around in, whatever. But I thought it was interesting too that at the beginning of this... They are both fully clothed. Brandon is wearing a shirt in the bed. She is wearing a shirt or they're wearing robes, whatever. They're they're both fully clothed. Even the guy, even Brandon's Mm -hmm. chest is like completely covered. They are kissing, but there's no shots of clothes on the floor or anything like that. These are tried and true things that the show used to use all the time. They are not using any of them. And like I said, we didn't even get the door closing. We're going to get the door closing and the light going off in the other two fantasy suites, but not here. Yeah, we see a shirtless morning. Yeah, of both Joe and Nate but we don't of Brandon. And I'm just saying, I think they're carving him out. They're taking away his chemistry game Hmm. in the edit. Like they were shirtless, but they said, put your shirt back on. Yes. You're the fool. Yes. Hmm. And now rub this fucking turkey sandwich on his face. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It's interesting here. Like I never really noticed this, but the, the balcony, the exit, They've done that like Shakespearean shot mm-hmm. where they say goodbye off the balcony a lot. But here it really felt like they had planned things out, almost like it was like limo exits. Here we have Brendan. He, he carves B plus M. He carves b- bowel movement in a heart in the sand for her. That's all I thought, too. That's all anybody's thinking is BM. He should have like taken some more care and written something else in there. That's not the way to do it. Yeah, M plus B. Exactly. That yeah. would have been way better. <laughs> Just a reversal. 
God. He returns to his foes, says, this is just awkward. I'm not going to tell you details. And then goes, what does your card say to Joe? Which I thought was funny. (laughs) I'm not giving you any details, but what did the PA write on that? There's also a moment right here where Brandon comes back and Nate and Joe are sitting on the couches in a way that he has to kind of bypass Nate to get to a specific spot on the couch. Instead of sitting to Nate's left, he has to sit to his right. And Nate even is like, oh, is this your spot? Mm. He's pointing out basically that there's blocking to these scenes. The producers have told them all where to sit. They're essentially actors in a scene here. So we see a little more behind the curtain than usual where Nate is basically reminding us that this is all fake. None of this is real. They're being forced to sit on these couches in these positions and have this conversation. I always I think back to like earlier seasons where once you made the playoffs, you never had to see the other players. Yeah. Once you made it to hometowns, you wouldn't see the other players until you came to the rose ceremonies. Like you didn't have to fucking deal with them throughout the day. This shit always is like strange to me, you know? Yeah. It seems like a change that they liked. They liked what yeah. it did. <laughs> Joe says his card says we're falling for each other. And Brandon ITMs, this is like torture. We see Joe getting ready in portion five, and he begins his date. Does this man who you clues? You tell who? Me? Joe is walking through the jungle. Michelle is pondering somewhere on high, and then Joe walks up this path. He ITMs wanting to be as open as he can be with her, and... Joe runs to her. She does not move at all toward him. Once again, she gives us no approach here. Doesn't give us the satisfaction. She does manage to get a nice (laughs) mount here, even though it's a standing mount, so there's no momentum whatsoever, but she busts out her vertical and clears his hips and his shoulders for a nice high cling that delivers double ankle lock and over-under arm grip right behind his neck. Nice bombardment of kisses. No dismount footage provided. Better than Brandon. Still not great. Without an approach, it's like... There's no proper analogy of this. It would be like if you were going to do the vault in gymnastics, you know, where they run and they hit that trampoline and then they vault off of like that horse thing. Mm -hmm. And then they do like a fucking million flips and fly back down. It would be like if you try to do some shit like that without any momentum, it takes away Mm -hmm. one of the most significant parts of the thing that allows you to even do the hooju. So whatever, she's turning them in here, but it seems perfunctory to me at best. And she tells Joe that they have a picnic all the way down at the bottom of this path. And so they're going to have to zip line down. This was a date in Katie's season. Whose season was this? Very recently. They did one that wasn't zip lining. It was Matt James at Nemecolon and they had to climb down a rope. Yes. To where there was a picnic down in the parking mm-hmm. lot. That's right. That's right. But they strap in, they put on their helmets, and we see the zip lining instructor the first time as Michelle zips through the trees. And then Joe zip lines through the trees. And this is the most... Audible, we've ever heard the man. He's hooting and hollering as he's having the most exciting time of his life. Ziplining is what truly gets the man to emotionally open up and let us know who he is. <laughs> I, I saw Joe ziplining and I was like, this might be my play of the game. It almost was. Him, him <laughs> screaming the whole time he was ziplining because Michelle was really impressed. She's like, oh, yeah, maybe he does have this like fun side. Yeah. He's just screaming the whole time. I loved it. He's got his zipline screams. He's got his bros to foes comments. Complete package. I know. He ITM's love is scary. Ziplining is scary here, too. Watch out. Fear didn't stop him. Watch out, no one. He's coming for your colorful narrator <laughs> position. <laughs> when he fucking lands one of his ziplining excursions, I don't know if you saw this, Michelle goes, Good job. 
I did. I did notice <laughs> the same tone. <laughs> so he got a good job. Good job, Joe. She doesn't say Joe, but... Good job. We're just going to call that a good job, Clayton. Joe gets a good job, Clayton, here. <laughs> and then they go sit on a bench for a champagne picnic. And she says she feels like she's seen so many different sides of him on this date. <laughs> Which I was like... You've literally been just ziplining through a tree screen. <laughs> Those are all of his nuanced sides. She tells him that he's goofy. He says he's slow to warm up in general, but she tells him that he, she feels less homesick with her. He says, same. They make out. They feed horses. Joe tells the white horse to sit. I was like, are these tomate and panini back again? Recurring characters? Could have been. But she ITMs needing clarity at the end of this portion. And it's like, this is just more shit producers are throwing in to be like, no, no, there's a story here. You're watching to keep seeing if she finds clarity. You need to, that's something you need to key on. It's like, none of this, this is such fucking bad pro wrestling. It's none of us believable. She doesn't need fucking clarity. Nate has won this game. We knew that from night one and it was only fucking uh, reinforced every time we saw him play. Tonight is no different. This is complete <laughs> bullshit. But they kiss as the sun sets. What do you mean? Joe is a thousand piece puzzle and she likes puzzles. That was a kiss of death. When I heard that fucking phrase, I was just like, <laughs> that's not how you ever describe anybody that you're, <laughs> you know, your soulmate. I like puzzles. He's like a puzzle. Oopsie. Portion six begins. It is night. She ITM seeing the energetic, upbeat, relaxed, adventurous side of Joe on the date. This is the thousand puzzle piece comment here. <laughs> he gets a kiss after this uh, when they meet up and at dinner, they cheers to clarity and where the relationship could be headed. And she asks him how he feels about her being extroverted because he's such an introvert. Wait, you're skipping over a, a very important piece here. Please. Sorry. Which is where Michelle talks about his zip lining and he then does an impression of what silent zip lining would be. Like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he did it. He was like, would it be funny if I was just like, God damn it, that was funny as fuck. <laughs> so he maybe he does have a funny side. You know, that was actually legitimately funny. But yeah, she asks about this idea that she's an extrovert and he's an introvert. And, and how does he think that will work together? And he's like, I think it'll be great together. Um, he tells her his ideal number of kids is three, but open to have four. He got his real estate license to start the foundation for a family. And he talks about uh, a lot of people getting lost after their sport, but he wants to be an example for all athletes to be able to change uh, their lives after they're done with sports. And all of this talk about introvert and extrovert working well together. And this is how I'm setting up my business and my life. And I want to make up, be a force of change in like the post-athletics arena. Be a world changer. Exactly. That's exactly what he's doing here. And she has said that in her prior season. She, I think she might've said it one other time On during this game. season. Yeah, she said, I need a world changer. And Joe even says, I think we'd be a powerful couple together. Uses the phrase powerful couple. That is world changer. He's playing right into it. I mm -hmm. thought this was a fantastic play. Obviously, we find out what happens in the end of this episode. But through no fault of his own, QuiCon Master is doing some very, very high level play here. This might have required preseason research. I don't know. Or it might just be that he can sense that she wants a world changer. And he's saying, that's me. I am a world changer and I want to change mm -hmm. the world with you. We cut back to a scene between the foes, Nate and Brandon. Nate now says, I think third is the best spot to go. Brandon argues with him, in what world? 
And Nate's like, well, I would want my closest connection to be the last guy. Brandon's like, deepest first. And Nate's like, you think I'm the weakest link? And Nate points out why it's bad to be Brandon, because he now knows what a fantasy suite entails. And now gets to think about that with the rest of them. And Nate says, you thinking about Joe right now? I love this prodding. (laughs) Just dancing with him. This was like a fucking lion playing with a tiny mouse and the mouse is like (laughs) thinking it can win the fight it was unreal nate was toying with this motherfucker first of all we know nate wants to go first he said that in his itm at the very beginning Uh now he's like no no third's the best place to go he's fucking with brandon and it's working (laughs) he puts all this shit in his head this is why it's going to be bad for you this is why it's going to be bad for you good for me blah 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 you don't have to think about the other guys it's all torturous and I, i just I've never seen anything quite like this. Or you know what it's like? There was an old fight in uh, the UFC against this guy named Anderson Silva, who was one of the greatest champions of his weight class of all time. He had a very long undefeated streak and this guy, Forrest Griffin. And he just toyed Mm -hmm. with him. There was at one point where Anderson Silva puts his hands down and is just like dodging the guy's punches with his head for like 10 seconds. Like, you can't even touch me, motherfucker. It it was like watching that in our beloved game. I fucking... (laughs) Loved it. And he's using that charminance where it's like he's he's making it come across as like, I'm just joking with you, dude. Yeah. Doesn't matter. That's in your fucking head now. You're locked into a torture chamber that he fucking created. Oh no. And it's all open gameplay. I swear we see Brandon. I feel like Brandon like physically deteriorates by the time this week is done. Of course. <laughs> he looks worn down. It's also showing like a, a component of the game element that I think is rare for producers to put in. This is straight gameplay. They are talking about the order of fantasy suites. Also here, Nate knows that everything he's saying is bullshit anyway because he knows the producers choose this order. There is no rhyme or reason to it that you will ever have any impact on. The producers are choosing it to make to fuck with the players basically the most they can. Mm-hmm. I don't think Brandon knows that. I think he thinks Michelle chooses these dates. Nate knows she doesn't. Oh, yeah. So any of the ordering shit is like he's <laughs> Nate is literally just seeing this as a, an opportunity to fuck with him. And he's doing it very well. It's great. Back on the date, we see Michelle reveal the fantasy suite card for Joe, who is a hundred percent on board if she is. They make out, and Michelle. ITMs, I always say I'm on my journey to find the person to change the world together. And Joe, it looks like, is already on that journey. (laughs) It does look like that, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, you want to talk about fucking folders? You want to talk about the Ryan Fox folders? Show me the scripts that the producers write and hold up next to the camera for the fucking leads to read in their ITMs. Those are the scripts I want to see. The notes. Ooh. Thank you. A request for your pit papers. We see... Joe and Michelle go to the fantasy suite and that is cut in with audio from Brandon saying, that's my wife in my mind. Maybe she already has her person picked out. And Nate going, what do you think they're doing right now? While Michelle closes the door behind her and Joe. Implied consummation. And double implication of consummation because they also show the light going out. That's the last shot of this portion. So not only do they get a door closed, they get a light going off. Sealed. Right. Brandon <laughs> didn't even get a last shot of his face, let alone a door closing or a light going off. It was Nate that ended his segment. And now Nate again is ending his segment. It's Nate has just dominated Brandon in every way, in the edit, in the way he's playing these things. It's pretty incredible to watch. And I mean, well, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Clues. 
underwear drawers, they're not organized. They're like the the Wild West, the final frontier of wardrobes. Mm. And there's no rhyme or reason to them. You got ones that are super old, uh, different brands, etc. You don't know what to expect. But now I have felt the buttery soft comfort of me undies. And now I want to replace the whole drawer with me undies because those are my now go-to. I'm currently wearing their long sleeve shirt and my, um, <laughs> which is not what this uh, ad is about, but I am also wearing the super soft, sustainable modal fabric thong with no roll black, waistband you want that you don't want it to be rolling you don't want it to be showing and i'm hooked i don't want to wear anything else it's all got to go now well this ad actually is kind of about that pace case everybody knows me undies <laughs> makes great underwear it's in the name me undies but it's not just about underwear you can explore the lounge collection featuring comfy joggers hoodies onesies and a whole bunch more and their move me activewear collection is the softest activewear on the market there's no doubt about it Right now, you can get 20% off your first order plus free shipping at MeUndies.com slash roses. That's MeUndies.com slash roses for 20% off plus free shipping. MeUndies, comfort from the outside in. Support for today's episode comes from One Skin. If you have sensitive skin, you're going to want to hear about One Skin's scientifically proven topical supplements this is face eye body shield and it can all be used with any of their other products which are free from over 1500 chemicals and preservatives that can make skin red irritated or itchy their products are safe for sensitive skin it's just one of the reasons they've earned the skin safe seal of approval you got to keep that skin glowing if you want to be keeping up the level of face play that i've got going on and OneSkin was founded by an all-woman team of scientists. Their products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. Uh, their topical supplements are the easiest way to keep your skin healthy and hydrated without the harsh ingredients or irritation found in other skincare products often. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ROSES at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ROSES. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support Gore and tell them that we sent you. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist-recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to Canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today. 
with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Portion 7 begins. It's the morning after Joe's date. Joe is lying in bed with Michelle kissing. Joe is shirtless. Okay? Already differences here. Mm -hmm. Not only did he get the the implied uh, door shut and light going off, now he's naked. They definitely are saying (laughs) there was a consummation here. Joe and Michelle are in bed together and they don't destroy any food that's been prepared for them. So are they best friends for life? Maybe not. Michelle says, thank you for continuing to be open and vocalizing. I meant what I said about how strong I feel about you. This is definitely something I could get used to. And Joe says, I'm falling even more in love with you in every moment we're together. He's still rehitting that love level three. And Michelle calls him a fun, relaxed person behind closed doors. (laughs) So I guess Joe was screaming like the zip line. Oh, they make cat. She appreciates him pushing through his shy side. If it's us at the end, that relationship will be so strong. And Joe ITMs that he's ready. Michelle, I could see a future with you. Could really see this working. And Michelle says in 24 hours, Joe has changed everything. And then the balcony moment, if this was limo exits, this would be an aloha by Joe. He goes, Bezos, Bezos, Bezos. But this ITM that she says, in the past 24 hours, Joe has changed everything in terms of looking for my life partner. That has to be scripted, right? She knows at this point she's kicking him off. She knew before she went into the fantasy suite with him. So this is the producer saying, you have to make it seem like he's staying. Say something to that effect. He's changed everything. You know, it has to be. This is pro wrestling. Or they spliced in the word Joe. <laughs> right. Well, maybe. There was definitely some Frankenbiting going on tonight. Joe comes back to the other guys. He tells them that the date was very good. He did go to the fantasy suite for the night, and it was fun. The other guys are stone-faced. No reactions here. Nate then has to go get ready for his date, and Joe ITMs that he knows he and Brandon are both LL4, but what about Nate? He doesn't know. And Brandon ITMs <laughs> that he doesn't think Nate is ready, and Michelle needs someone who is ready for this. Again, they're trying to shoehorn in this fake suspense, like, oh, that's going to be Nate's thing. Brandon... Am I worthy? Am I good enough for you? Joe, can he Uh have fun? He's pretty quiet. Nate, is (laughs) he really ready for this? I don't know. All of these are false obstacles. This is the least drama that they have ever had, in my opinion, in a fantasy suite. Doesn't mean there wasn't some great play, and we're definitely highlighting that here. But the in terms of what the producers were able to manufacture, in terms of the drama, in terms of the stakes, zero at all times. Portion eight begins. It is fantasy suite number three. This is an aquatic boat ride and it's Nate. Nate meets her at some docks by some boats. She actually pulls up on a boat of her own. They are not given the immediate opportunity for a hoochoo here because of a body of water. This is hoochoo edging and we have to wait until her (laughs) boat docks. Then she does one. But the producers give us no actual footage of it. We just get a few images of her in the cling. We don't see any legwork, any dismount, nothing. My theory is this, that Huju was so fucking impressive that it left no doubt in anyone's mind Nate wins the entire game, and so they had to cut it to diminish it. (laughs) I don't think your conspiracy theory has ever been, I think the Huju was too sexy. (laughs) I'm not even saying too sexy. I'm just saying too too apparent that he was the winner. That footage exists Uh somewhere. 
They did a fucking hooju. I saw a, a weird close-up shot of her in the cling, and that's all I saw. Yeah, I marked it as a hooju. It is. We just didn't see any of it. There's no way to analyze it. And i like, why would they have done that? If there's a hooju, usually they display them to some degree. They did for fucking Joe. Look, I think all of the footage they've been showing us has shown that Nate is the winner. She ITMs, there's nothing better than hanging out with this man on a boat in Mexico. And when I'm with Nate, I feel how you're supposed to feel with your soulmate. I don't want the date to end. Yeah, she's calling him soulmate and shit. She doesn't say this about the others. He's playing it all correctly here. We've seen him start to ITM about being jealous and all these other guys. But he says that he can keep his jealousy in check by knowing... Uh, that his time is coming, that he was going to get his shot at a fantasy suite. Michelle tells him that she knows it's hard to go through the situation. She's obviously been through it herself. And he says, I'm next to you right now. So how upset can I really be? I'm crazy about you. I'm crazy about you too. We get the kiss. He's saying everything correctly here. You just don't ever have the sense that he's going to make a misstep. And he hasn't the entire season. Zero errors. No. That plays through tonight as well. He starts doing some future casting here. I could definitely see us doing life together. I like the little things about you, the subtle things that make you Michelle. And I was waiting for one of them. I was like, is he going to say what any of these subtle things are? No. Hell no. Maybe that footage was too charming too. It cut it out. And then she ITMs. She never had feelings like this for anybody when she kisses Nate. But this whole engagement thing is a week away. So she needs to know if he can get there. The same thing that the guys were kind of talking about. Again, all fake. This is the producers manufacturing this, making her say it in her ITMs because there's no obstacles for any of these guys that are real, you know? Portion nine, we cut back to the foes. Joe says he hopes the date's not going as well as his. And we cut back to the night portion of the fantasy suite date. Michelle ITMs that she's worried about what the stepdad Charles said about Nate getting scared. And she starts this conversation off and says, do you have a lot on your mind to talk about? And he says, no. Oh, God. This Now, look, every once in a while, you see something happen that's a fucking work of art. And what Nate did in this conversation at dinner was a work of fucking art. Do you have a lot to talk about? No, I don't. Charminous, charminous, charminous. He's got that fucking smile. He's got those eyes. And she can't be mad at it. She's like, okay, if this motherfucker wants to play this game, I'll play it with him. And she keeps going down that road because he's so beguiling when he turns the charminous yeah. up to 100. You can't, there's nothing you could do. It's like you're being hypnotized. You're powerless. <laughs> He smiles and he's just like laughing. She's basically trying to gather where are you at exactly. There's an engagement at the end. And he says, this week has been amazing for me in the sense of having that time to think about his feelings. That date that they had was huge for him. When Charles had serious questions and life after this, when they exit this environment, how will it translate? And he says, I'm thinking about these questions I don't have answers to. That's life. If you have all the answers to life, that's a pretty boring life. I thought this was such a good wave, like a good defense of the attack of like, are you ready for this? You've mm -hmm. never been in love. So how do you even know whether this can go the distance? And he's like, this is the nature of life. You, you never know. Can't know anything. You can't know even if it's Brandon that you pick. Nothing is certain. You're never safe. And aliens are real. Those are the three universal truths. We all know that. <laughs> I, that should be your, your inauguration speech. <laughs> <laughs> Just those three lines. This will end in death or divorce. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, everyone. My ardent hope is that we will all end in death or divorce. And aliens are real. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. 
<laughs> but yes, I agree with you. Nate's speech here is pretty amazing. And it's, you know, it's such bold charminance to be like, do you have a lot on your mind? And him to be like, nah. <laughs> and her face is so surprised. Yeah. He does say all this eventually. And, and she basically says, you know, okay, that's good. But like, I need to know if you're on the same page with some bigger stuff where your heart is. And she brings up the conversation she had with his stepdad about a moment where his stepdad said he might pull away from the relationship. And he says he doesn't play with emotions. Now he gets serious. The charm and it's kind of fades. And it's like, now I'm serious, Nate. I don't play with emotions or love or anyone's feelings. So when it comes to you, the feelings that I have for you, I've never felt before. He says he can picture his life with her. She says falling in love is one thing, LL3. Being in love is another thing, LL4. And then an engagement is another thing, winning the ring. She she literally lays out three steps in the road to championship play here. She just says it to him. Yes. You know, the playoffs are one thing, the finals are another, and being a ring winner is is really another one. And she says, which one are you ready for? And this motherfucker, don't falter. All three. There's something about you that I'm certain about. He trusts himself and he trusts her and he's literally falling in love with her and it's something he wants to hold on to. Just beautifully played. She then precogs him. Engagement is something she could see herself doing. Could he get there? And then he says something incredible. He says, most definitely I can get there with you. I don't see myself pulling away at all. He still just LL3s her here. Exactly. And says it's very real. And she says it's very real for her. He's playing this traditional love level game here. But he's reserving love level four for the next portion of this date. It is, he's fucking playing with her. This is love level four edging, and it was my play, 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 play of the game. I've just never seen it before. Like he's able to, there's not a huge difference in playing your love level four here or when he plays it, which we're going to see in the next portion in the morning. There's not a huge difference in terms of the timing versus other players. But what he gets out of her is for this one night, she's still like, oh, he's got somewhere else to go. Like I have to get him to this thing or he can't be the, the guy I get my ring to. And then he gets there the next day. There is that tension that will still exist throughout the course of the night that she had with no other player. And so now comparatively speaking, walking away from this experience, he has elevated himself just by doing this tiny thing, this very subtle thing that I'm not going to fucking love level for you during this dinner. It, God damn it. He's good. It was an extraordinary play. It's not my play of the game, but I was like, this is the power of Charminus. Yes. She asked directly, are you love level three? Can you love level four? Can you precog? And he's like, how about another love level three? Unreal. But she somehow feels like he has answered her questions. Because he fucking hypnotized her. <laughs> yeah. Just as he did all of us. He hypnotized her and us. <laughs> I'm watching it and I'm like, okay, all right. I'd go to the fantasy suite with him, even though he didn't LL4. Clues oh, is loading level before. <laughs> it's just unreal. His charminance is really like, it's yeah. one of the most magical power kind of play styles I've ever seen. He's able to say and do things that are like, I mean, in that fucking conversation with Brandon, where he's like, no, no, no. 
third place is the best to place to be. He's basically yeah. openly telling Brandon, I'm a much better player than you who's being rewarded by the producers. He's basically just shitting on him openly to his face and he's got him laughing and they're friends about it. That's crazy to me. They're bros, not foes. Exactly. <laughs> Fuck, I love this. Love this play to death. It was, it was maybe one of my favorite plays all season because there's like, you don't see shit like this coming. This type of play that is like slightly subtle but has a drastic effect and it's just a little manipulation of how you would normally play love level to have the wherewithal to be sitting there and like, not yet, not yet. Yeah. I'm going to do this tomorrow morning. That's such a high level thing to do. You almost never see things like that. It's exactly why it feels to me like she's going to pick him over Brandon is because Brandon keeps say, giving her exactly the plays she's asking for. Brandon love level three months ago. He has nowhere to go. Of course. The dynamism of your play style, I truly believe this. You know, we talk a lot about this being a game and everything, but we also say people do fall in love on this show. For sure. It happens. People have babies. People get married. Mm -hmm. That's part of this game. I think people who have very dynamic play styles are more likely to win the ring because in this situation where all these players are and the lead is meeting all these players in this very forced situation, if you can shine in that situation, you will be more appealing. And so you have to have a dynamic play style that sets you apart from the other players that somehow conveys a higher value than the other players to the lead. And he's done that since the first night. This uh, repeated love level three instantly is rewarded with a kiss and the fantasy suite card. And they enter the fantasy suite. We get another implied consummation. Portion 10 begins with nothing but Nate's morning portion. We see a small bird on the water to represent consummation. We also see a flower, by the way. I did notice that I was looking for a bee. I was too. I was like, where's the fucking bee? <laughs> Come on. You better have the bee. They probably had some fucking... Maybe not consummated. Maybe it's a sign. Yeah, they probably had some uh, some poor fucking um, PA out there with a goddamn camera just trained on a flower for like five hours waiting for a bee to land on it and it never did. <laughs> we need a shot of the fucking bee. Get out there. Get the fucking bee. If you want to ride back home, you'll get the fucking bee. <laughs> There's some PA just still in Mexico trying to get a shot of bees. All we have is Steve's horrible, <laughs> shitty bird shot on the water. We need a consummation <laughs> B-roll. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> they're in bed Nate is shirtless yes he says to her last night was one of the most special nights I feel so much closer to you you're something I want to hold on to I'm falling in love with you I'm in love with you this is what I want and this love level four after love level four edging last night was my Play, 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 play of the game. You rarely see a love level raise in the morning. Usually you see them repeat whatever level they're on over and over again to each other, but it's not an escalation. And Michelle isn't sure what's happening. We had like a Jojo Fletcher, are you really saying this right now moment? She's like, so Nate is in love? He says, I, and she says, I am definitely in love with you too. He gets a reciprocated love level four in a morning portion. I saw it. You don't have to convince me. <laughs> I was blown away as well. Play the game. 
Yeah, I look, I think they're kind of both your and I play or the games are could be considered the same play, like the first and back mm-hmm. half of it, you know. I, I mean, yeah. Oh, fuck. He's he's just <laughs> I feel bad for the other players after watching tonight. I'm just like they had no idea what they were gonna about to be up against. This is unfucking believable. This guy could have, I think, hung in like Hannah Brown season. I think he would have been top four. I think Almost any season I can think of, he would have been top four. Oh, definitely. Wait, what do you think about this is jumping ahead, but what do you think about the promo that the winner might not be who you think? Lie. Complete lie. It's Nate. It I think it's Nate. You think it's Nate. That's who it is. Yeah. So the winner is who we think. I know, but I second guess myself. I get tricked. No. It's a fucking complete lie. <sighs> well, Michelle ITMs, we talked about how we're falling in love and waking up this morning. I'm in love with this man. I firmly believe this is what a soulmate feels like. I I mean, I thought from this play, her ITMs, her reciprocated love level four, that she was going to end the game. It Yes, it felt like that. The words she's using, like she called him her soulmate. I don't know how many fucking times. She's calling Brandon her best friend and then rubbing a fucking sandwich in his face. Like, come on. None of us are here for this. You know what I mean? They've done a... Don't show them rubbing a sandwich in the face. Don't show him showing these moments of weakness. I know they're trying to build drama or or gives any tone to what's happening. But like, if you want us to actually believe, oh, maybe Nate doesn't win, you can't cut that shit in too. Mm-hmm. Because when you compare it to fucking what Nate is doing, it's, it's like, th- this is not the same... Yeah, Michelle's never going to say to Nate, good job. Yes, you're right. That to me was kiss of death. She would not say good job to somebody that she's romantically interested in. You think that Brandon's going to be her world changer when he's rubbing empanadas on her face? That's not how you change the world, dude. It changed what I think about food play. Expanded uh, what I thought could be done. She has revealed her hand, in my opinion, and they have chosen to take that revelation of her entire hand and place it within the document for all of us to see. There is now no suspense for the finale, in my humble opinion. Not that there really was to begin with. I, and I still like watching the play. Like, I'm not really watching it for the outcome. I'm watching it to see what the fuck this guy does in a finale. Because I think he's going to utterly destroy Brandon. Look, I am constantly tricked by the promos. That there, And I have been convinced it was Nate the whole time. I didn't have Brandon in my top four. But there is a sliver part of me that's like, what if she just goes for Brandon? <laughs> There's absolutely no way. There's just no way. It's like if you had, if you were like, who's going to, who is the the Los Angeles Dodgers going to put on their team next year? And you had two players and they were standing side Mm -hmm. by side. And one is kind of like a six foot four, like kind of jacked athletic looking dude wearing the baseball outfit. And he looks like a baseball player. And the other one is like a Mm -hmm. little baby. You would go with the, professional athlete looking guy like every time I think that's what's happening here when you compare Nate to Brandon side by side you're like one is a completely dominant player in this game who knows how to do it very well the other one is just like he's going hard for TRR strategy and that's fine and he's made some good plays I'm not knocking Brandon the early meeting of the family he handled that fucking beautifully he really has made some incredible high level plays I'm not saying he hasn't but they're all based on 4TRR play. All of it. Mm -hmm. Nate is doing shit at different levels with different audiences. He understands how to like 
really play the instrument of the game. I don't think Brandon even knows that it is an instrument, that it can be played on these levels. I think he's just like, I'm here for Michelle, and that's all there is to it. And, you know, that can only get you so far. That's what I'm talking about, the dynamism of your play. That can get you far in a game. It's not going to get you a win. And I don't even know if it can get you the crown. Because if you're 2-4-TRR, you won't be able to play the game with the producers, and they need that out of a lead. They need somebody who's willing to, like who's willing and able to convey the lies necessary to prop the show up. And I don't think he has that ability. Yeah. Bruce did. <laughs> <laughs> what? Nate says he's the happiest human being right now. And then a mariachi band surprises them outside the balcony and they sing that's amore. And the lead singer who gets a little solo screen time was my Jorge 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 Moreno bystander of the week he glistened I mean we had a captain earlier on a boat or could have been him but this guy really, really shone for me and celebrated a beautiful love level for he was also my Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno, bystander of the week. They gave this man not only screen time, they gave him a parasocial gaze. There's a shot of him where he's like (laughs) supposedly looking up into the balcony where Nate and Michelle are, and he looks directly into the fucking lens right back through the screen at all of us. Fantastic. Fantastic. The other bystanders this week didn't get that. The captain of that boat and the zipline people. They didn't get it. And maybe some producers <laughs> skulking in the shadows, which we see a little bit later. Running from the light like roaches. Panini did get it, but yeah. You know. We see a quick shot of the foes discussing this. Brendan thinks that it went good. Nate comes back. He says mm. it was great. Definitely vibed out, kicked it. And Brandon looks like a shell of the person he was at the beginning of this week. It's because of the way Nate delivered this information. Charminance gone, or I should say charm gone. Dominance remains. <laughs> when he comes in, Twist. he's like vibed out, kicked it. No smiling, no joking whatsoever. This is a serious game now. And he knows he doesn't have to deal with the second audience anymore. They're not going to have like guy chats and shit in the finals. He knows that. Now you truly are alone. You're going to have your meeting of the family with the lead and you're going to have your day date with them and your night date with them. And the next time you'll see this fucking guy sitting on you next to the couch is at the rose ceremony that night and then the final rose ceremony. That is it. Mm -hmm. So he's done with Charm and it's now in the second audience. As Brandon would say, he's left it all off the field. Yes, he's left it all off the field. <laughs> just just outside the sidelines. Everything is left there. Nothing on the actual field of play. And then the guys get ready for the rose ceremony. They each get little ITMs about how much they want to win the ring as they enter the rose ceremony chamber. And Michelle's still putting on her lipstick as the three guys are waiting for her. She ITMs that she's fallen in love with all three men. And now she has to break someone's heart and is not looking forward to that. And it looks like they are... Uh, you know, essentially setting up one of our guys here to be just utterly destroyed, or at least that's what they're trying to do. 
Doesn't turn out to be the case. But portion 11 begins. Michelle emerges to some weird kind of... uh, it's almost like horror movie score. It's like really creepy and unsettling and kind of ethereal. I don't know if you noticed it at all. No. Oh. <laughs> I did notice the song they played when they got to Puerto Vallarta. It was very like, we're in Puerto Vallarta. Yeah. <laughs> People are dancing around. But she addresses the guys. She says she has three incredible men. You're opening your hearts to me. Has allowed the relationships to become so much stronger this week. And they have changed her life and impacted her heart. The decision has tied her stomach in knots and it seems nearly impossible for her to make it. And then we get this shot of the guys. Now, this is, I'm just going to say it. You tell me if you think it's crazy, deep conspiracy theory. You tell me. I mean, I have no idea what shot you're talking about, but okay. It's just, it's a standard shot that we see at the end of all Fantasy Suite Rose ceremonies where it's the three remaining players kind of shot in maybe like a 20 degree angle off to the side so that you get them in a cascading effect Uh in profile, you know? Yeah. And we see him. And there's Brandon as closest to us. And he's kind of standing there. Nate's in the middle. Or sorry, uh, Joe's in the middle. And then Nate's at the very end. And Nate is holding his hands in this position where it's middle fingers clasped, thumb and index fingers are pointing in a pyramid. And he's pointing it directly at Michelle. This is an Illuminati hand symbol. (laughs) I don't know if he's doing it on purpose, but that is what it is. It's an Illuminati hand power symbol. Okay. Again, I don't know if he's doing it on purpose, but he's doing it for sure. That is the power of charm. And it's clues is like he's in the Illuminati. <laughs> you don't think he's in the fucking Illuminati? I don't think there's bachelor players in the Illuminati. What the no fuck? One's even in the three million club. What the fuck? Are you kidding me? Do you think Mike Fleiss is in the Illuminati? Are you kidding me? There are players that are in the Illuminati. Let's just leave it at that. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't even want to know. I don't want to know. Let's just, let's move on. I, I I can't get into the Illuminati with you right now. He was doing a fucking Illuminati hand symbol. <laughs> you just fucking. No. I could have uncovered the most important thing that happened this season. I, oh my God. <laughs> it's like if there's like a bingo card, there's aliens, there's NFTs, there's Illuminati. He was doing the symbol. I didn't make it up. <laughs> this is worse than Phantom Night One. <laughs> it's a new low. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Fuck it. Oh my gosh. Well, the runner up who's not in the Illuminati performs a Hail Mary here, and that's Brandon. Nate says, fuck, and Brandon. Does a completely unnecessary Hail Mary to Michelle. Says, when I told you I loved you, I meant it, regardless of what happens. It might be my last day, but I just want to make sure the woman I love is okay. And this Hail Mary by Brandon was my... Error, 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 error of the game. Completely unnecessary. It has the same vein as the... Am I good enough for you question earlier on? You don't want to make the lead picture you going home or make you think that you think you're going home. It just, yeah, it's not changing minds. This was also my 
error, 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 error of the game. We know that it doesn't really affect his outcome. He's still going to make it through the second round, but there is absolutely no reason ever for you to express weakness, especially when you're in a situation where the comparative element of the game has now carved it down to three players. This is essentially giving any lead an excuse to dismiss you. It is definitely, comparatively speaking, again, painting you in a worse light than anybody who's not doing this, where he says, like, you can kick me off and it'll be okay. I'll still be your friend. It's just like, do you see Nate doing that? You don't even see QuaiCon doing that. <laughs> it's a bad move. It's a bad play. Again, it doesn't truly affect him in this moment, but I think it's kiss of death. He's just not confident. Uh, he's not as confident as anyone else, really. But we then go to the rose ceremony. Nate gets that first flower. And Brandon gets the second flower. Joe, we savored your suffering. Caitlin emerges from the shadows. Caitlin butchers the Tam Sig. And Joe hugs his bros and his foes. And that's it for the QuaiCon master. She walks him out to the dumping bench where they are once again sitting in a hurricane. And we can barely hear anything they're saying. And she tears and says she's still falling in love with him. She's contemporarily L3-ing him as she's dumping. Postmortem, love level three. She says still falling in love. I don't even know what that is. That's like a love level 3.5 or something. It's like she's still moving toward LL4, even though she's dumped him. But she apologized for breaking his heart. And he says... As much as it hurts, he really did see a future with her. He's sad at the outcome, but he thanks her for pushing him to be more open and vulnerable, to be the best person he can possibly be. And she thanks him for coming. They hug. He gets in the car. And she tears as he drives away. He tears in the car. I thought he played this pretty well, holding the tears off until he gets in the car. Felt real. Totally. No, he, he it was a decent exit, and he said the right things, which we'll get to in a second. But Michelle here drops down into a squat cry that is like... God damn, it was a good one. She holds it for a long fucking period of time, or at least it seems from the edit. Her hands almost look like she's praying as she's covering her face. The camera operators get in super close. There were two of them, like maybe two feet away to get these shots. So she's letting them take the necessary photographs. It was fucking really cleanly done. I liked her squat cry very much. Yeah, we see squat squat cries quite a, quite a bit. This one was fucking really nice, really, really nicely done. And the fact that a lot of times you get the squat cry, like the the camera people are like kind of far away. They might be like a little scared to inch <laughs> up in this one. They're right. They're standing right next to her. They have to be to get that shot. So she's letting yeah. them like get whatever you need. Come on, come on in. It's fucking beautiful. And then Joe's exit speech in the car. He's in shock. He didn't see it coming. And really thought that she was his person. And he's wondering what Brandon said to her in that last moment, if that had any impact on it. And he says, you open up your heart and this is what happens. I just want to go home. And again, we get the final shot is the uh, her squat crying there. And then we get a promo for the season finale. How do you know which person is your person when you love two people? What about three? You, three a week ago, you loved three people. <laughs> And we see some showers, some beach picnics, gurus. We see some burning sage, the meeting of the families. Michelle's mom seemingly doesn't think Nate is ready for engagement. We see some rings, some suits, some tears. The shocking conclusion you'll never expect. And I'm like, what can that be? That Nate wins? I mean, that's what's happening. That's not shocking to me. 
that no the shock is if he doesn't win he's going to or maybe they're like you probably think brandon's gonna pull it but he's not (laughs) nate is winning i all of this marketing is just like it's 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 lazy frankly and i won't be insulted by it nate is winning these are lies (laughs) The tag then is Michelle asks Joe to whisper the horses like he did the baby cows on the farm group date and they feed some horses so he can try to work his magic, but the horses don't like him. And then as they're making out, one horse tries to get into a throuple, make out with them. It's always sad when you see a, a kiss with someone who's gone home in the tag. Yeah. And that concludes the fantasy suites of season 18 of The Bachelorette. Who was your most valuable player? Four. Getting into Brandon's head during the faux bro talks for withholding his love level four until morning. Nate Olukoyo was my M M M M V P. The charminance is working. Not so much that I think he's in the Illuminati, but it's mm-hmm. working still. Well, Nato LaCoya was also my M M M M M V P. He's just been a dominant player since night one. That continues. And I'm I am counting the Illuminati hand gesture that he did as part of why I'm giving him this. <laughs> just in case he is in the Illuminati, just know that. <laughs> You have my support, and that's cool. This is why you're giving him all the awards, because you think he's in the Illuminati. I'm trying to get into the Illuminati myself. Are you? And you have to have a sponsor, I, I understand. Yeah. Oh, my God. So maybe he'll sponsor me into the Illuminati. But beyond his Illuminati hand play, just everything the guy does is perfect. He doesn't even come close to making an error. He's not even really in a position. No, he has been in some positions where he could have made errors, almost fights with rivals and stuff, and he played them perfectly. You just never get the sense that he's going to do anything to piss anyone off, even though, in many cases, he's openly competing against them successfully, just utterly dominating them in some yeah. of these uh, situations. And he can make them feel like they're still buddies. Absolutely mm-hmm. incredible play. And I'm looking very forward, actually, to seeing what he does in the finals, what his proposal speech is going to be. You know, is she going to hooju him one final time there on the the final rose ceremony pedestal? I don't know. I hope so. I hope that's a new tradition. And he's going up against a very strange meeting of the family in the finals where Brandon has already met her family. So he's mm-hmm. at a massive advantage, or should be, on paper at least. We shall see. That's true. But that wraps it up. That is Fantasy Suites Bachelorette Season 18. Another one coming to a close. I can't believe it. And we just have one more game left. Next week is a three-hour finale that's going to have the finals and the After the Final Rose. And I assume they'll do it in a similar fashion where it's kind of intercut between the live studio audience with them watching clips as we continue through Mm -hmm. it. And then we'll have the final hour of the show. We'll be live with all important players present, Brandon, Nate, Michelle, and they'll probably bring back someone else. I would even guess a little Clayton Eckerd. They got to bring in Clayton. Football head going to be there. They didn't have him at the last one. Yeah. You know, I bet he was super pissed too that he missed the uh, the pizza in the last one. <laughs> you said that so earnestly. I heard you guys gave out <laughs> free pizza and you didn't invite me to that one. Well, there better be pizza after the final rose. You know, that would be a good line for him. Yeah. I look forward to that finale. I look forward to being tricked by the promos again. 
that it's going to be anyone other than Nate, but y'all are going to want to listen to our podcast next week. That's all I'll say. All right. Well, before we go, as always, what is the Dwab at? It has been 7,205 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be our beloved game. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to Canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.